Welcome to Peach Reading. I am your host, Az Williams, coming to you live from Atlanta, GA. This podcast is dedicated to authors of all types of genres. We will explore their masterpieces, thought processes, and their overall dedication to the literary field. So without further ado, grab your wine, sit back, and get ready to read with Az. Hello, 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 everyone. We are back with another great episode of Peach Reading with Az. I am here today with the beautiful Miss Sharon C. Cooper. She is a USA Today best-selling author. She loves anything involving romance with happily ever after, whether in books, movies, or real life. She writes contemporary romance, romantic suspense, as well as romantic comedy, and enjoys rainy days, carpet picnics, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Sharon's stories have won numerous awards over the years. Most recently, she's won a Reading Warriors Choice Award, the Beverly Jenkins Author of the Year, and the Rochelle Ayers Best Series Award for her Atlanta's Finest Series. When Sharon isn't writing, she's hanging out with her amazing husband, doing volunteer work or reading a good book. How you doing, Miss Sharon? I'm well. How are you? All right. So I found I I love D.L. White. And, you know, like it's it. And so I actually um, did a book thing, a book event with um, D.L. White, where I had some people from my book club. And I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. so yeah, you got to give us some authors. Who are some other authors that, you know, we'd have we don't know about? Maybe we do or we don't. She says, oh, my God, y'all haven't read Sharon C. Cooper. And I thought, who is that? So that's typically how it rolls <laughs> is that if I'm doing like an audible, because I have to go back and forth. I just like over the last maybe 10 years got into audible because before that I need to hold a book. And so right. if audible, it'll sometimes kick you up. Well, if you like this, then do this. And so. When she put your name out there, I'm looking. She's like, no, you got to do the Vindictive series. And she just started giving us everything. And we were, I was like, okay. Let me. And then you go on your website. And when I say, I'm like, oh, she's been writing for forever. Because, you know, Audible, which we can get into the Audible piece later. But mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she has a lot of books. So what got you into writing? Uh, what got me into writing? Actually, reading. Um, I was an avid reader oh. and then it, you know, probably like many readers say, oh man, I should try, I should try writing a book. It's definitely not as easy as I thought it would be, um, as a reader. <laughs> okay. But that's actually what, um, it wasn't something I, uh, aspired to do. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's how it really kicked off. I, um, thought about like, huh. I think I want to write a book. And I I tried, I the first book I wrote was actually a children's book. And okay. it was called, um, But I Washed My Hands Yesterday. After, I worked construction for 10 years. And then when I left that, um, my family had a pretty large childcare center in Wisconsin. And so I ran that for 10 years. And, you know, the stuff that you, you hear these kids say is just... Um, amazing <laughs> yeah almost like that bill cosby show where he used to do the yes. kids say the darndest thing there yes. you go okay That's okay <laughs> anyway so i was like you know what i'm gonna write me a children's book about germs and so i wrote the book and i, I didn't know what i was doing as far as trying to market it or sell it or what and um i had met this one lady who had published a book i think she had self-published this was when i lived in california and she was like, you know, that would make a great play. And so when I didn't really get any takers um, with it being a book, I turned it into a, a children's play and it sold within a week. So that was my first uh, attempt at writing. <laughs> so you did a whole stage play. Yeah, it was a children's play. It's kind of like, it was one of those where, I don't know, um, it might depend on what school system or what city uh, but I grew up in Wisconsin, and they used to the some of the schools used to have um, put on little plays or whatever, and they get these plays from a, a particular organization. I can't think of the name of it at the moment. Anyway, that was the organization that bought uh, my play, and it's it's something super small that you know five year olds could do. It was very it was a really cute it was a cute story, um, 
about, I think they were three-year-olds, three or three to five-year-olds and germs. That's what the book was. Yeah. And so that's what kicked it off. And then um, I was always a romance reader. And it's like, after a while, I was like, I think I'm going to try this. And the rest is history. (laughs) Well, and so your story is fairly different. And this is what I love about doing these interviews because you woke up and said, I'm just going to try it. And then you'll have, and then I have authors who is, everybody's kind of different how their story picks off. That is just so interesting because a lot of us, me included, I'm an avid reader and I say the same thing, you know, I'm going to write a book and I'm like, Oh, and every other day, (laughs) seven, eight, nine, 10 years later, and I'm still sitting up here, but you woke up and was like, look, I'm going to do it. So you said, you like to read. Do you still read? Because sometimes I talk to authors and they're like, no, nah, I don't even really read like that. So are you still an avid reader? And what kind of I am. I am. Um, I probably don't read as many. I still probably read a couple of books a week, but probably not like I used okay. to. I used to just devour, uh, especially romances, because, you know, they're usually so light and fluffy and happy and, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's easy to kind of, you know, breeze through a romance. But now I still read. I still read quite a bit, but not probably as much. Now, what are your favorite books? Do you have a favorite genre to read or you just read? Uh, romantic suspense. Romantic oh, just, suspense. Okay. Okay. I love romantic suspense. I like, I, as long as it's mostly romance, you know. Okay. Maybe, okay. you know, if it's like 70% romance and maybe 30% suspense, that's like the perfect balance for me. Um, because I, I love, um, a happily ever after, but I like a little bit of action in between, you know, maybe a fight scene, chase scene or something like that. Um, Yes. Because this, we're going to get into the books. I, I, cause I, I am really, I was like, oh my goodness. And what I love is that you do have the thriller suspense or the romance suspense, because it's not a lot of black authors that are doing it. And so- that's what I love the most. And, and I'm starting to find like, you know, like once I listen to yours and you see more of them jump popping up on the thread, like, hey, do you know about this author? So I'm starting to find more, especially in that cozy, the what is it called? The cozy series or like the cozy mysteries. The comfy, ah, okay. I, I might be saying them wrong, but it's no, the cozy. I think it is okay. something like a cozy <laughs> mystery. Yes, yes. So that is what um, I'm like, okay, the cute stuff, because I've done the... Um, what is her name that does um, I've done the Jandy Vonovich and then I've done the one that does all the food. Oh my goodness. Her name is slipping my ear. And she, um, and all of she's what 20 books in, but this isn't a black author. This is a different author, but she has all of the recipes and stuff like that. And it's all centered around um, Hannah Swanson. And I just, I, her name is driving yeah. blank for me yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, and and I, her I, main character, her main, main character is, my, is Hannah Swanson, and okay. she all the books have recipes, and it takes place. She's she um, owns a bakery, and she's actually in Minnesota. And so okay. I am, you know, I'll get with those because I like. I'm a series person. I do okay. love series, and you have a lot of series. So what got you into? I know you have your standalones, but what got you into writing the different series? Because I'm like you. Uh-huh. I'm like you. I love a good series, um, especially if I can connect with even a couple of the characters. Um, I enjoy, I don't necessarily read series that have like the same character as the main character through every book, but I like series, especially family series, if it's, you know, and romances, if it has one couple um, in the first book, a different couple that might have been in- introduced in the first book. I like those type of like series. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. More so than not saying that I wouldn't read one that had the same, the same you know character who was the main character throughout the whole you know every book. Um, okay. I haven't read any like that. Well, I take that back. I have read some short ones like that, where it's like a three book series where the main character was the main character for each book but those aren't usually my preferences okay okay now what do you find is easier to do first the plot or the characters the characters ah yeah i usually if somebody asked me this recently i don't even know if i realized it um but they asked what comes first 
you know, when I'm, you know, thinking about book, what usually comes first. Mm-hmm. And usually the majority of the times their occupation comes first, even before their names or the plot or anything, I'll think of an occupation. Then I'll try to create a character to go with that occupation. Every now and then I might have a character in mind ahead of time, but the occupation is usually first or second, the first or second thing that I... Oh, you really sit and think. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, you are very, you're an organized writer. Okay. I do. Yeah, I do outline. (laughs) I do plot. I'm not as, I'm not talented enough to just sit down and just write. (laughs) Oh, that is different. I like that because that'll be the first, because I'm telling you, every interview is something different. And I like that where it's, because some people do, I've never, most authors sometimes have an outline, some don't, but you're like, no, this is this and this. So you're a very structured (laughs) author. I like yeah, that. I'm, I'm a little OCD, so I have to have to have a, a a map almost, you know. So I do character <laughs> sketches. So I know I know my characters. I know if they're introvert, extrovert, pessimist, what kind of car they drive, where they live. Uh-huh. I usually know that before I start writing. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Now I have to say, one of my favorites, and and we're gonna go back and forth between the books. But when okay. I say business, not as usual, was one of my favorite books. And I just loved it because they were just so different. Okay. But I like characters like that. And, and because I just, I just felt like I was dreamy at times. I felt like I was, <laughs> you know how you get into those, I don't like this, we girl with the, and I, my, I don't have a fro anymore. I keep it straight so much, but you know, just not all over the place, but just a person that's, that knows what, you know, she's a business person and she just right. she's very convicted, very assertive. And I just like that about dreamy. So how did yeah. that, come? you know, and this is, since I'm the host, I can pick out and choose what I like. So what are you going to business not as usual because that is, that's a movie and i know that <laughs> but that right there is a good one that is i can that, that mark dreamy was so much fun to write she uh-huh. was a, a a compilation i think that's the right word of uh-huh. several people either i know or have seen on tv or uh-huh. you know and, and she was just so much fun you know when you're typing uh you're writing or whatever and you burst out laughing yourself, then you know you're like on to something or just being silly or something. But uh-huh. there are so many scenes that I um, did with for her and I literally fell out laughing myself. And so she was just Girl so with the lottery. Oh my yeah. yeah, and I knew I wanted somebody quirky, somebody like opposite okay. of me, you know. Because okay. I always wanted to be that person that could, could uh, wear a wig, take off a wig, you know, just have fun with the wig. <laughs> I had a friend, she's passed away, but I had a friend um, and she she was the type of person. She'll go to work, you know, early in the morning with one wig on, go home for lunch and change wigs and go back to work. Wow. I mean, she was just like, so the wigs came from her and were in honor of her. Um, Dreamy's Hustle um, her, you know, her positive attitude. I grew up in a household with, um, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. And okay. so, you know, the hustle was real, you know, it's like, Ooh. oh, that door closes, we just go this way there, you know. And so that came from just, you know, family and personal, you know, experiences where it just stay positive because she, you know, nothing got her down. Uh, she just kept it moving, you know. And she was such a fun character. I, her yeah. and her cousin. I enjoy writing her cousin, too. Oh, yes. Her cousin was hilarious. Uh, yeah. And then with the lottery and the uncle. When I say I was cracking up the whole book, I, I, listened, <laughs> to, I listened to it and I had to, we were speaking earlier, I, I work in College Park. And when I say just every morning I got to get it and I just had to put it on, it went so quickly because I could just not stop <laughs> listening to that book. It was so... <laughs> so good and i'm like oh my god i need it i'm so glad you enjoyed it (laughs) yes i did and then what i liked is that then you kind of segued and then once you did you know in it to win it you then still had a bit and piece of of them we still could see a glimpse of them so i did like that as well how you didn't just you know just drop them off the face of the earth they actually got in and then like love show me 
And then I seen that that was a series. Show Me was really good. And I love that. It was a Cinderella story. I loved it. I'm and glad then, you enjoyed it. Yes, because I actually had just interviewed Delaney Diamond. So how was that? How does that work when it's, you know, several different authors and you all, do you all like write off of each other or is it just no. like some conversations and things of that nature? Yeah, each collaboration is different. Uh, the majority okay. of my collaborations, Delaney has been a part of those. And so it, we heard I talk all the time. Okay. And so we kind of have a feel for, you know, what we like, what we don't, as far as, as books or whatever. And whoever we're collaborating with, what we normally do, we'll start with um, usually an idea, like with, with Show Me Irresistible Husband was my um, idea because my husband and I were going to work, uh, we were writing or it started playing around with the idea of writing um, an irresistible husband book, a nonfiction. Cause I really think he's just like the dream husband. He's just uh-huh. so in tune, you know, um, he's still a guy, don't get me wrong, but you know, I think he's a fabulous husband. So I was like, you know, we need to teach other guys how to be these fabulous husbands. So we need to, you know, exactly. <laughs> we should work, write this book. And, you know, I found myself being the only one writing it. And then um, years later, I was like, you know, it'd be maybe fun to do something in a fic, you know, a fiction irresistible husband. And so then that's how it started with um, just an idea, you know, and then I posed it to Delaney and we found another uh, Cheryl Lister. And then we, you know, the goal was just to write our guy in the story to be just so irresistible, you know, where women would just like, you know, sigh over just how sweet or wonderful or alpha or beta or, you know, just just really get into, you know, what it would be like to have an irresistible husband. So, and then once the idea comes, then we, you know, hook up, talk on the phone a little bit or text back and forth or whatever. And we have like, um, kind of like a spreadsheet where we each put little bullet points of, you know, stuff about our characters so we can work them into our, the other stories. So we each could work all the characters into our stories. Okay. And that's how it, it just, it really flows. It really depends on who you're collaborating with too, you know, how organized it is. And that, that series has, series has definitely been a success. It, yeah, and I've only listened to, I've only listened to yours. I got to be honest. So I got to check out <laughs> Um, well thank you <laughs> you know I was like yeah let me and, and and your story and so one of the things that got me was um a lot of times and I try not to be swayed by the reviews and so a lot of times if they're like oh the author the narrator is this and this and so like but you know show me didn't really have that bad when it came to like the reviews for the narration and so okay. I and so it depends and I am one of those and I do sometimes now I won't just take it for the first two or three but so okay. you know if it's like 10 reviews and and one or two says something about narration but the other seven or eight are like hey it was a phenomenal story I kind of roll with that but when it's like a 10 on 10 everyone said I'm like oh okay and some days <laughs> you do want to try as especially when you're a fan and a super fan you want mm-hmm. to be like let me just give it the benefit of the doubt and so typically I've only had to turn a I'd honestly have to say turn away a couple, um, a couple when it comes to the audiobooks. And that's why my numbers. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So now how do you decide which audiobooks? I'm not an audiobook listener. Um, uh-huh. and so how do you decide which audiobook to listen to? Is it strictly romance or um... no, I actually listen to all genres. If I okay. when things pop up. And then it just, sometimes you'll know the author, you'll know the narrators by their names. And then okay. sometimes if it's just your favorite author, you're just like, look, I'm going to just, I'm just going to thug it out. Um, and just, you know, it's about the story. And okay. so what I didn't like, for me, it went through me, not I didn't like, but I was thrown because like on audiobook, when I, as soon as, um, as soon as DL said, hey, you got to check her out. Her Atlanta finest is the bomb. I immediately went and bought and see like on Audible right now, it's only um, uh, vindicated, indebted, and accused. So I'm like, okay, cool. All right, so when the next one? And then I hop on the website. I'm like, girl, she got some more books. Hold on. So I was like, oh, I got to pick up the book 
can read. So it's like, okay, let me see how to, and, and tip is since I've spoken to so many authors and they kind of walk me through that process for the audio books. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, just as it drops, it drops. But I was really happy to see that it didn't just stop at the cues. Cause for a little while I was like, okay, well that's it. Okay. Well then let me, you know, and I would just plug in and then just went ahead and, and just reserved all of your books that happened to be on audible. And wow, then, that's you know, nice. months, like you. a few months ago, I realized when I, I was like, well, let me see what else is on her site. And I go on this, I'm like, oh, that, she got a lot of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting um, because the main reason I don't have that many in audio book is because I don't get that many requests from readers, from my readers oh, um, wow. for audio book. And the ones that I have out there, they do okay, but not like, not like ebook and paperback. And so I'm slow to put any more in audiobook. One, because my readers do not ask for it. I might have one or two that might say, are you going to put this in audiobook? Are you going to put any more to Atlanta's Finest in audiobook? And right now, I don't have plans to because I don't get enough of a request. Um, okay. You know, and that you know the investment is is pretty is pretty substantial up front, uh-huh. and so once I you know once enough readers ask um, for more audio, then I might you know think about putting more in there. The ones that are on there, um, other um, other organizations contacted me to see if they could have the rights for the audio. That's how some of those got up there. Okay. <laughs> so you get to actually, so authors, and that is funny you said that I never thought to ask, but you all get to see the analytics of how many people are actually reading your books on Audible. So you, you get, get an idea. Um, okay. Yeah, you do get an idea of how many are, yeah, basically, yes. <laughs> see, yes. and I never, okay, so more of your readers like, oh, that is Yeah, crazy. and I and I do know the, uh, I have a a huge following of older um, readers, so you would think they would probably would prefer audio, uh, but they're not the ones asking <laughs> for mm-hmm. audio books. They're the ones asking for paperback. Usually, you know, once they know a book is coming out, first thing they ask, is it going to be in paperback? Is it going to be in paperback? You know, but I can count on one hand how many readers have asked um, if a book is going to be an audio. Wow. Well, I I think it's just the readership. What your fans want. Yeah. You want to deliver what your fans want. Exactly. Yeah. I don't don't blame you at all. Exactly. Especially if there's a, a, a substantial cost. Uh-huh. Um, and then with audiobook, yeah, you have to, you know, find narrators, pay narrators, you know, and that's all before you mm-hmm. even put the book, you know, the audiobook out. So, yeah. So now, what ever, is so, yeah. and now that I, you, I hear you say about the construction company, because I was wondering what brought on having a series about a, constr- about a construction company. So what did you do with the construction? Cause I was like, oh, uh, that's yeah. what <laughs> I'm a, a sheet metal. I'm a sheet metal worker by trade. Okay, okay. And so with sheet metal workers, anything regarding metal, um, installing furnaces, air conditioning units, um, uh-huh. making duct work, um, gutter, just almost anything involving metal, I've done. Flashing wow. up buildings, yeah. So I did that for 10 years. So then, and that's what I like. And, and cause I was, when I seen the books, I was like, I wonder what the research is like. Well, there really isn't much, you know, about it. <laughs> you, you, when you're reading about certain topics, I'm one of those. I want it to be as realistic as possible. Yeah. I'm reading about yeah. Atlanta since I, this is where we're out of. You, you, you want to be able to vision it and so, oh my, visualize it. So, Oh, yeah. that is yeah. So, so yeah, with the Jenkins family, that's actually my best best selling series. Okay. Um, that a lot of that is like personal, some personal experiences, or yeah, that I know. <laughs> Construction, I know. <laughs> oh my goodness! Now, do yep. you have a favorite character? And I know that's always hard for authors to say because you've written so many books. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it is. And for the longest, I didn't admit to it, but. Lately, I think maybe this year might have been the first time I admitted that Wiz um, is my favorite character. His book is Operation Midnight. 
part of my Reunited okay. series. And I okay. love him. Oh my goodness, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I do. He is my favorite. That's why he shows up in quite a few books. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I just, one, I love the way he loved his wife in the story. Okay. Um, he's smart and just, yeah, I just love him. I would say he's probably my favorite hero. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite heroine. Maybe Dakota. Dakota was a lot of fun. She was a stunt woman. She was a lot yeah. of fun to write. Now, Dakota, yes, Dakota. Yeah, was. she was a lot of fun to write. It was like, you know, with those type of characters, her, Lies, J- uh, Jadiva, it's like almost anything goes. So that makes it even fun, even more uh-huh. fun to write, you know, write them into a story. Now, how is the Atlanta Finest series? Because it's just a very, I love the series. So I get that one is very, very popular. I probably get emails. I won't say every day, but a few times a week. When is the next Atlanta's Finest (laughs) series book coming? Is Laz going to be, you know, Laz, he's like the most popular in that series. Is he going to be in another? Is he going to be um, in the next one? And is he going to get any more stories? I'm like, he has two. That's it. You know, he'll be in some other ones, but he won't get his own. Any, he won't get any of his own anymore. Oh wow! Yeah, that's now. A are you self-published? What you say? Are you self-published? I'm self-published and traditionally published. And then, like, what are your favorite and and least favorite parts about publishing? For the, about you could do for both. You could you could if you could do it for both. And okay. just in case you have an author on somebody that's itching to be a writer, they actually get to hear it right okay. from someone that's experiencing it. Um, my favorite about indie publish or self publishing is you write what you want to write. You put you publish it when you want to publish it. Um, so you can go as deep as you want to. You can you pretty much you have free reign to do whatever you want. That's very, for, from a creative standpoint, that's powerful. Um, because okay. most of us tell stories that's playing in our head or in our heart. And you want to tell it just like it's it's coming to you, you know, to make it as authentic as possible. So that's one of the pros of indie publishing. That's a huge pro, actually. Another pro um, for me is I make my own deadlines. I'm pretty... I won't say rigid, rigid. Let my family tell it. They probably say rigid, but I'm very, I'm pretty strict with myself. So I can make a deadline and usually stay pretty close to it. And so I like having that kind of, that type of control. What else do I like about indie publishing? Uh, I like the money. You know, I don't have to depend on, um, you know, somebody else to say how much they think my stories are worth. Mm-hmm. Or how much they want to pay, you know, um, yeah. So those those are definitely pros for indie. Pros for traditional. The pros for traditional is you don't have to find an editor. It comes with the editor. Okay. Um, uh, pros for traditional. A pro for some people, they get the typically they. Was might see their book in a bookstore. Mm, if that's important, that's you know, if that's important to um, to authors, there's some authors that that's really important for. Um, what else is a pro for traditional? You might, um, as a pro for traditional, you might get um, um, other readers might get exposed to you. You know, you might find other new readers that you might can't find on your own. Maybe. Um, so those are some pros for both cons cons for indie is you're doing everything yourself um or you're hiring out you know you're hiring editors so you gotta you know kind of sift through the pile of editors uh, which you know find which one's best fit you um you're responsible for your book cover that's a pro and a con uh, for me, I'm not a big fan of searching through stock photos to, you know, come up with a cover. But I do like having a say and getting a cover the way I want it to look. When you uh, publish traditional, okay. you might you might can offer what you might can tell them what you want, but that doesn't mean you're going to always get exactly what you want. 
Okay. Um, so what else? What's a con? Another con of indie is uh, you're basically your own boss. That's the kind of a kind of a pro and a con. I'm an entrepreneur anyway. And so that's uh-huh. not a con <laughs> for me, but it might be a con for somebody else who don't like all that work. <laughs> don't have that hustle, you know, mentality or, you know, or don't have that. They don't have, you know, don't want to push themselves like that, you know. Okay. Whereas if you're with a traditional publisher, you know, you, you know, if you, you need somebody to set deadlines for you, then that might be the route to go. Yeah, so I don't know if I, another kind of traditional publishing. Yeah, you you have a, you have some, some say in the book cover. They, you write what they want you to write. Yeah, you propose a story, like dreaming story for the most part is the same, but you know, it was, it was tweak, you know, the whole idea of that, um, that book and, um, subsequent books was tweaked dramatically from what I proposed. Um, and so when you write traditional, those are the things you have to be prepared for. You can write the best story of your life or you think it is sell it to a traditional publisher and they might have you change all of it. They might like certain concepts of it, you know. So those are things you have to just kind of be prepared for as a con. Yeah. So those are the ones that's just off the top of my head. Now, do you only write or you also have a day job? Um, Nope. Right now I write full time. Okay. And so what is your schedule like? Now you said you're organized. So is it a, yeah. How does your schedule, <laughs> and then are you a writer that, can write at home or do you have to come out of the home? Cause I know some people are like, look, I have to get out. If not, I would not get anything done. <laughs> I can write anywhere. Okay. Um, yep. I can write anywhere. I tune out well. So I do find in coffee shops, airports, wherever. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what was your other question? No, I was wondering, was that something, did you have to come out of the home oh. to be able to focus? But since you, I mean, you like your, I'm, if I'm focused on writing, I'm, I've set my deadline. This is what I'm <laughs> Exactly. And I typically, you know, I'm that person that gets dressed for work, come into my office. You know, uh-huh. I work, I take a little break. I work, you know, I, I treat it like, like a job. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I treat it like a job or business per se. But it does so, give me, I like the flexibility of it because you have some days, maybe you're not as creative as, you know, uh-huh. and so you can do something else and then come back to it later on that night or whatever. You know, So I do like the flexibility. I like that. But most of the time I work, you know, a typical nine to five, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now I do have to ask because you're, you and I seem like they have the same personality. Kind of, we just, yeah, we, we write in line. So I'm not a big risk taker. Now, were there any risks that you have taken with your writing that actually paid off? Writing period is, writing period is a risk. Okay. Because you, you, cause you know, you, you're writing your story that comes to mind, that kind of develops inside you. But everybody ain't going to like what you write, you know? Um, so that's a huge risk, especially if you read your reviews, you You can be the best writer in the world Uh and those reviews will knock you down, you know, um, if you read them, you know, so that's a risk. What do you do with that? What do you do? So like with your reviews now, um, are you, because you've been writing for so long, is it like, okay, I'll read them, but okay. Or what is your take on your reviews, whether they're good or bad? Um, I try to stay, especially since I, I write back to back, I'll write a book, publish it and keep write the next story. So I can't read like the, the one and two star reviews because it'll affect my writing for the next story. You know, it just messes with your head. You can have 50 million five star and one or two, <laughs> one or two, two stars. And it just throws you off balance, you know? And so what I try to do I might look at them like right when the book it early, you know, that first week it comes out. Mainly I look at that just to see if there was any major problems with the book that I might can go in and fix or, you know, so I might look at them then. I, if I look at a review, it, it, 
usually only a five star just to keep me motivated and keep me writing because the majority of people are going to enjoy your work more so than those who might not, you know. And so I'm very particular about uh, reading, you know, if there's a story where it's like, it could go either way, I might have a friend read the reviews um, because usually if your friend reads it, they're not going to, you know, they might not necessarily read it to you word for word, but they'll be like, uh, you might want to think about this or that or, yeah, reviews are tricky. But you got to yeah. really have some thick skin, man. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about risk, you know, that's a risk. Looking at reviews is a risk, you know. Putting a book out, that's a risk because it's like you're putting your yourself out there, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, it's all a risk, you know. Book covers, you know, things that you think are really cool. Somebody else is like, eh, what were they thinking, you know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's it's all it's you know it's kind of like anything. It's all a risk, and then you know if you work full time and you write and you you know you want to write full time, that's a risk. You know, I usually recommend people stay at your day job as long as you can, <laughs> uh-huh. and just write on the side or have you know save up some serious money for those months that are a little lean. Okay. You know? And I was going to ask that, you know, what would be the most valuable piece of advice that you've been given about writing? And I think you just gave a very big piece of advice about it. Just don't quit your day job just yet because you're no, bestseller. Yeah. Because so, yeah. I do think I quit mine a little too soon. But I tell you, when you, when you don't have a backup plan, you get your hustle on with these books. Okay. Okay. Get them done. Get them out there. Get them, you know, write the next one. Get it out there. Write the next one, you know. Now, do you find that you, now, how do you market your books outside of social media? Do you go to book fairs or book shows or anything like that? I am a hit or miss marketer. That is so not my strength, Um, marketing and promoting myself. Um, I remember, I think I was on my first or second book and, and, um, Delaney, you mentioned Delaney, Delaney Mm -hmm. Diamond, her background is marketing. And so she has like these fabulous ideas and I'm like, "Ah, I'm not sure. I just can't, you know? And so she had found this article and I'll never forget. This is about 10 years ago, sent me this article and she's like, what? You don't like marketing? Here you go. And the article was like, the best form of marketing is writing the next book. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. And (laughs) so those first few years, I was pretty much, that was my marketing. Just keep putting out the books. And Uh I kept my name out there. And so probably the last four or five years, I've tried different, you know, different things. Um, um, blog tours, you know, where, you know, um, bloggers were spotlight my books. Um, I've tried like Amazon ads, Facebook ads. I do a little in person. I'm a, I'm an introvert. So like most of us, we prefer, you know, behind the scenes, you know, close up in our cave or, um, (laughs) yeah. So getting out in front of people, that's, that's hard. That's, so if, you, if readers have seen me out, that no, they know that that's not like it's not my comfort zone, basically. Okay, okay. Yeah. My sister says I'm socially challenged, so <laughs> <laughs> she's not. So what did you say that? So I ask every author, typically toward the end. I'm asking you though, because you said that. So what would be? So I have an author, Nikki Grace, and Nikki Grace. Oh my goodness, her. She, her avatar is Wednesday Adams. She was like, as on Wednesday Adams, that's my avatar. And it is so funny that you say that. And like, she has a marketing background. So like her website, all the, she has some marketing stuff that just be popping out. And I'm like, and she's like, and she just does all this. And she's like, yeah, but my avatar is Wednesday Adams as I'm introverted. And you would just. Her avatar is what now? Wednesday Adams. And so I ask every author, Wednesday I always ask the question, Adam. yes. And so I ask every author this question, so you're not going to be any different. If you had to have an avatar of what would describe Sharon C. Cooper, what would it be? 
some of the answers I get be so I had a peacock I've had an eagle I've just it's you know whatever you feel and she's like I'm Wednesday Adams and I and if you haven't seen the win have you do you like you ever watch Netflix that Wednesday Adams I know it's for kids that Wednesday Adams series is a hoot. Me and my daughter. Oh, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I mean, I grew up watching Wednesday Adams. I like the Adams family, and she was always one of my favorite characters. She just, you know, Wednesday. And she that said, is "Hilarious." Nikki said that her avatar is Wednesday Adams. She said, oh, and I love that she had an answer for that. Yes, and most Ooh, most authors do. Sometimes I have to. We'll think about some stuff and pull out, and it's so funny. So I'm, you got to give us your avatar. If we had to give you one, what would it be for sure? The first thing that comes to mind would be like somebody, you know, with a book in their face, you know, covering their face, basically, you know, hiding behind a book. That's the only thing. That was the first thing that popped into my mind when you asked the question. Uh-huh. But it's not as cool as Wednesday Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I need to step my game up as far as my avatar idea. <laughs> that is so funny, though. Yes. And one of the authors, she was like, well, I'm more of a bird. And I said, well, what kind of bird? And we get to going. And I'm like, but look now, she as we get to talking and we go through the interview, it was so cute. And we get going and I'm like, we got to figure out what kind of bird. And I'm like, you know, because, and she's like, no, because I have all these ideas and I'm a just, hey, that's an eagle. It's like, but eagles are prey, but you're praying, but you're praying on a different way. And it just went from there. And it's so funny to get the answers. And it's one of the, she's a peacock. She's like, you know, even though that's a male bird, but when they let those feathers out, it's what's up. And that's how I feel when I come out with my books. It is just, it's so oh, I love that. <laughs> Here I am hiding behind a book. <laughs> Like, yes, we go give you that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but at least you got to be thinking, like, I need to step up my avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and just figure out. And I just, I always wonder, I'm like, I just, I'd like the, the, the fans to know, like, hey, this is what this one lady, she, one author, she loves um, Marvel characters. So hers is any Marvel character. Oh, so, okay. Yes, yes. Now, I like so, that. What, what about you? What would you be know, your avatar? I had to, and see, see, she don't flip it on me. And so I, <laughs> if I had to have one, and so no one's never asked me that before. Wow, nobody's asked you? No one's ever been like, ask, what's yours? And I would have to, if I had to have one, So I am, and I got to remember her name. Um, and I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Moana. The, I have uh, not. Okay. So there is a character on there. No, and, I, and she, and she, um, so she, the way the story goes, and if, if for all y'all fans are like Moana, I'd have to say she is my avatar more so. So she, um, and it's such a cute movie. But the main, one of the characters, um, she actually, she's like a goddess of, she does very good things for people. She's great. And someone steals something from her. And when they steal it, she in turn becomes this fiery, mean person. And then in the end, they end up giving it back to her and she goes back. And I'd have to say that's me because I'm typically always really chill. I I am, but when you rub me the wrong way, you might get that different. You're going to get that okay. different. It's going to be real fiery. But it's not like I, I'm I'm that way just because it's more so you you poke the bear kind of type of thing. Okay, gotcha. So I think though, and that's something, and it's such, and the way the story went, like, because she just did so much. She kept the people in Hawaii fed. She did so much. And then someone went in and, and, and in trying to, he was trying to do one thing and then another turn did something else. And then he stole something from her, which in turn, caused her to be this way for thousands of years like because what he stole from her they lost so when they lost it everyone suffered and sometimes i think that i'm that way when the people are around me they don't realize like okay when you I, we need to stay on this I, I like to stay focused and in and doing what i need to do and then when okay. you break that by going to all the different it's like oh my goodness 
what did y'all do? And my my boss calls me, so my name is Az, but my boss says, oh, there's Arizona. Y'all about to meet Arizona. There's Arizona. <laughs> and so I'd have to say she's mine because she's such a good person. But sometimes when you poke, when when you do something, it's a different side comes. And that's not the side you're in. Now, that other side in this movie, you're like, she's breathing fire. She's setting stuff on fire, honey. She is angry. But she's okay. been, you know, so it's one of the, but when it gets returned back to her, she goes right back to being peaceful. She's chilling. She's not bothering nobody. So, so I, I think it's to, one of those. Basically, you're saying I need to watch this movie probably. You, and when I say, I love it so much, my daughter's like, mommy. We're not gonna watch this again. I have a fourteen-year-old. She's like, "Mommy, I don't want to watch." And it's just the songs in Moana. It just and it's just and I just that every time that part of the movie comes, I'm a sap. I cry every time they go to give her back her thing, and she gets it, and she, you know, it, it's oh my goodness, it's such a good movie, and I love to know when you watch it and you send back as I watch it now. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I need to check it out. And it is. It's a good. So that I'd have to say she's mine. Um, Cause yeah, that's, that's that other, you know, and, and I know everybody has one or two sides. They say, you know, yeah. And for the most part, I'm always the same. I'm very unchanging, but it's like, once you poke, it's like, okay, look now. So yeah, <laughs> that is, yeah. So that's, that's fine. But okay. since you like to read, what do you feel you would have to say is your most unappreciated novel? Like that novel that you've read and you're like, you know what? This just did not get the the hype that I feel it should have gotten from a different Ooh. author. Whether it's yours or a different author. Because sometimes you may feel that one of yours didn't get what it should have gotten. Wow, that is a tough question. Um, There is one redemption song. Oh. That is um, that is a book. I, I, I told myself I was going to read it again because I bet every few years I would see it even, you know, take it in differently. But I read it for a book club many years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Okay. And it's by Dr. Bertice Berry. Bertice that one, I don't know if it got the attention that it deserved. Mm. It was an excellent book. I can't even really pinpoint what made it just so pop. You know what? I need to read that one again. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you asked me that question. I have to get, okay, okay. Yeah, it's called Redemption Song by um, Dr. Bertice Berry. Um, okay. Yeah, that would be the one I would choose as far as a, another author's book. As far as one of my books, that it didn't get the hype that I wanted it to. Usually the ones that don't get the hype that I think I wanted to could be, I might be in agreement with why they didn't. Okay. Because, you know, sometimes a book plays out in your head and it doesn't necessarily come out on paper the way that you envisioned it <laughs> in okay. your mind. Okay. Um, I can't think of one that, that I thought should have got more hype than it did. I'm sure once I'm done off of the call, I probably will think of it, but uh-huh. Yeah, just off the top of my head. I wrote it down. I wrote yeah, it down. I think they yeah, I think the my books, I think they they've done what I expected them to do, if that makes any sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've had a few a couple of that I wrote that, you know, I thought about just shoving under the bed. Um just because they didn't, they didn't turn out the way I wanted to, but they did well, very well. Okay. Uh -huh. I'm so glad I didn't do that. But yeah, for the most part, I can't think of one of my own that didn't. I'm just playing your question back in my mind. Yes, I, I'm, I'm excited. We're gonna work. We're gonna write down your avatar and your book. Yes. <laughs> So before we get out of here, I would like it. Could you please let everyone know how they can reach you? We talked a little okay. bit briefly about uh, social media, but how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on social media a little bit. Um, I'm not a big social media person, but I try to get on there at least once a day. Um, I usually try to. 
um, either Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Um, the best way to reach me is through my website at SharonCooper.net. Okay. Um, I'm really good about responding to my email, so. Okay, good. Yeah, so they can find me at SharonCooper.net. And before we get out of here, so I t- always have to leave you all with a book that um, I've read. And so I do want, and I'm not sure how many of you out there have read B.B. Um, Campbell Moore um, or B.B. Moore Campbell. I haven't said her name backwards. B.B. Moore Campbell, great author. Um, and she wrote a book called What You Owe Me. And when I say it is a very, and I'm going to give a brief synopsis. I don't do it all, but um a young lady her mother creates a makeup line and her employer at the time is in the 50s or 60s the employer um takes her mother's idea i think her mother worked for this employer takes her mother's idea and becomes this this cosmetic queen and the young lady grows up and then her mother never reap any of the benefits of this and just how she ends up working in the company to try to figure out how to infiltrate to get back what she feels is owed to her mother. And it is B.B. Moore Campbell writes some great books. Um, yeah, she she's does. no longer with us, but um, her 72 hour hold was so good. And especially when we have a lot of um, the mental illness that, that is going on and is plaguing the nation, 72 hour hold. Um, Brothers and sisters too. That's oh, an old one, but that was good. Yes. Yes. So just, you know, if you all want a a nice little simple read, well, not simple, but just a a really good, good read about family and and love, just check out uh, B.B. Moore Campbell. And um, yeah, we got Brothers and Sisters, What You Owe Me, 72-Hour Hold, all those good ones. So, Miss Sharon, I appreciate you. Oh my goodness, this was so much fun. I'm now I got to get onto this construction series. I got, I got to <laughs> finish my finest. You just giving me homework. So, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, and for anyone, everyone out there, you all can find Peach Reading with As on all your podcasts, whatever it is you try to do, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, um, Anchor,